You're locked into the fourth episode of the Player One Podcast. I'm your host, Squid, and today I am here with Sphinx, Brian Garris. You. Um, yeah, we know each other. We talked before. So for people that don't know who you are, you know, try to give a little intro about what you do and what you're about. So pretty much uh, I make electronic music. Um, my goal in the community is to bring recognition to underground artists that don't have the connection or gateway to elevate themselves to the next level. Um, so I'm trying to shine light on them per se and, you know, go in myself and reach out to them versus them having reached out to other people. I mean, not everyone is like, you know, outgoing or like very social. And in order to make those type of connections, you have to be that kind of person, you know, out outgoing, social, um, just like get along with everybody. And some people just introverts. They just like to chill in their cave. So, yeah, I'm just trying to change how everything is done. And one of the coolest things about you and what's very unique about your craft in general is that you're Egyptian and you kind of make that a sort of theme throughout what you're trying to implement into your own music and your visuals and your logo, everything. So talk a little bit more about that, because that to me is the most fascinating thing about what you do. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so pretty much uh, my parents are both from Egypt. My mom is from Cairo and my dad is from Luxor. I was born in New Jersey and pretty much like the entire time I was growing up, I would always hear like these Arabic songs and like and stuff they would play in the car and just kind of like stuck with me like ever since childhood. And then I ended up moving on to like rap and all this other stuff and like venturing out. But then when I heard a song um, by Sol- Sultan, I-, I really hope I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, Sultan, I got you. <laughs> um, I heard one of his songs and then I kind of heard like the like the Egyptian Arabic type of vibe added with this type of music that I like just discovered not too long ago. So I just kind of like, in a way, like I'm Egyptian, my parents are Egyptian, um, my logo, the Pharaoh head, like, I'm just trying to make everything connect um, sonically, visually, and every other aspect. But yeah, I mean, it really just like reminds me of home. And like, when I was younger, so I guess that's kind of why like, I incorporate it so much is because when I was younger, it was, you know, I was having the time of my life. But yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much that's all it is. Yeah, dude, I love how authentic you are in terms of, you know, mirroring who you are in your own music and your overall brand. It's so cool, man. Well, you do a lot with Aftershock and just the Aftershock label in general. Um, One of the things I really wanted to talk to you about was the Clubhouse stream that you did a little while back and just working on that with that team because that setup for it was incredible. Honestly, I was very mind blown when they had texted me like the details and told me all that. I was like, oh, whatever. I walk into the warehouse and it's like a giant 30 foot wall. And that doesn't like sound big when I'm saying it, but like to see it in person, it's like jaw dropping. Uh, ended up just like I saw that and then I'm kind of just like introduced myself to everyone. The whole team was awesome. Everyone was so nice and like very hot hospitable i think that's the word for it um <laughs> a very easy to work with um and they really just like we just got along like as soon as all of us got in the building together we all just vibed and to this day like i'm talking to the team and still keeping in contact because they're genuinely good people so you know you just got to surround yourself with genuinely good people and i just so happened to find <laughs> a group of like <laughs> 15 20 of them so right 
And that setup, I mean, especially for a stream, that's that was so unique to Aftershock. And you could tell that they really put a lot of care and a lot of work into that whole, you know, show in general. Because, I mean, you get some of these streams that are so, I don't want to say half-assed because I couldn't do the same thing that they're doing. But, you know, you you think that they could be doing better with what other streams are doing. And, and that's never the case with the Aftershock streams. I always feel like they go above and beyond to make it a bigger thing than it was before. Uh, Lou, that's you can I mean you could thank Lou for that. I mean, I don't know what it is with Lewis. He just has this um this personality that drives people to like want to like do better and like you know pretty much just like go way farther than they thought they could. And that I feel like that mentality like stuck with the people that are with us now, and like together that's like you can't stop that. You know, yeah. Really, just thanks to Lou for that. Yeah, and I mean, um, we're going to be having them out to do the event on the 26th, which we'll talk about a little bit more later in Columbia, South Carolina. But I mean, have you done any other events with them prior, aside from the Clubhouse stream? Uh, with Aftershock? Yeah. Um, I did Aftershock Music Week, uh, the first one. I'm doing the second one that's coming up on the 21st. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, they got me on the um, what was it Black Box live stream. I did that in February as well. Yeah. But yeah, only only a couple, like three, three four. But, you know, it, it takes time. Everything takes time. So we just got to pace ourselves and things will come. Word. No, I mean, again, I, I love that they have this this amazing base for their team and their artists and their overall vibe in general. I just really hear good things about them overall. And you're from, uh, or well, you're not from, but you live in Fort Mill now. You're like right down the road from where I am right now. Um, right. In terms of the Charlotte scene, what are some of your favorite spots? Because I know that you're looking to do shows around Charlotte. Mm. And I'm just curious to see what some of your uh, favorite venues are. Some of my favorite venues. I love Surge, even though it's tiny. I love the, the vibe in there. It's always so intimate. And it's just like, it's like a get down type of vibe. Um, you don't like the smaller vibe? I No. You said it as if it was a negative thing. No, no, no. I, I love <laughs> It's just like, it just gets so hot in there. Oh, like, true, true. <laughs> so like, if I want to like get in... <laughs> I was at Kaiwachi, uh, Kaiwachi show at Surge, and I wanted to get into the crowd, and there was literally like a 10 degree like difference in like temperature from like you're like okay, and then you're not okay, like you just, <laughs> just from, like stepping over that line. <laughs> yeah, everybody's but, everybody's soaking wet. Yeah, but I mean it's awesome. Like always had a lot of fun when I went there. It's a hundred percent like one of my favorite venues. Another one. I only been to once. Uh, uh, it's called the Underground, which is right by the Fillmore. That setup was amazing. I saw Subtronics and uh, Blunts and Blondes there. That's how I figured out about that. Then, I guess I mean the Fillmore. The Fillmore is just a classic, and I've. It's like one of my. It's one of the, one of the things on my bucket list to get crossed off to play at the Fillmore. Yeah, I was just about to ask: Are any of these, you know, which one is the top of your list to play in the future? Fillmore. Got to be has to be yeah i mean I've, I've been to the fillmore for a lot of different shows and um their production always blows me away it doesn't even matter what show it really is like they can just you know i don't even really know what i'm trying to say they can like move that stage and and change it to whatever vibe is happening and make it feel like a new place every time and it's not even right. because of the music it's not because of the artists either it's it's insane like when i went to excision uh at the fillmore 
there was like the the openers or whatever there was like this curtain that i didn't even know was a curtain and uh they were just like it was the djs up front they took all that stuff off and then everything went dark and the light shined and the curtain dropped and it was like this entire back area filled with like crazy ass led screens and i was just like i was like damn <laughs> like yeah. really i i've seen him uh twice with that same setup where he has the curtains and then he just reveals the whole thing first time i saw him was like that too and that was like one of the most overwhelming experiences of my life but i enjoyed it so much that guy is crazy man i don't know if you guys have you seen the videos of the uh i think it's the evolution tour is the name of it yeah i mean they're everywhere how can you not see it (laughs) (laughs) no just in terms of dude the lasers that they have going i mean like people talk about shows as if lasers make or break a show but I don't even know what I would do if I saw that in person. It's uh, it's very uh crazy. I can say that like I didn't see that uh like see it with excision per se, but like I saw it at Imagine uh with, for Liquid Stranger, and they had a, just an ignorant amount of lasers like for no reason, and like that was just overwhelming to me in like the greatest way possible. I was just like, yo, that's crazy because really <laughs> like at people say like it doesn't like make or break like a show but like people want a show people want right yeah like when people see lasers as soon as that first beam comes out people are like oh my god that's like the first reaction almost always but yeah yeah and i mean crazy dude i I, yeah i i guess i get that same thing you get the same crowd reactions when you get like a filthy drop or something like that as well but actually i mean we were talking about excision and this is something that i wanted to ask you because i don't run into or at least I don't know personally a ton of people that make dubstep per se. And something that's, you know, bothered me is the emergence of these other genres that are kind of the meta right now. You like, you got your Wakan label, you got your uh, more flow records um, that have become, you know, dominant in the scene in terms of what's, you know, popular, mm-hmm. but now there's like a negative connotation towards bro step and rhythm. And I wanted to know your thoughts on where you think the dubstep scene is going to go, or do you think that that version, and I talked a little bit about this on another episode, but I want to know your thoughts on it since you make dubstep. Like, what do you think that's going to eventually end up going towards? Because to me, I feel like people are almost embarrassed to go to shows like that. I mean, dude, like, I'm not going to like downplay on any like rhythm or like whatever, because I like it, you know? But like when I'm looking for like new music for like a set per se, and it's just like if I scroll directly to the first drop and hear a sound like I can almost like pair it up with another song that has like the same exact sound and the same exact flow, which also which makes it easy to like chop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Personally, I think especially since quarantine, people are coming up with new methods of sound design and all this stuff. Um, But that's I feel like that's becoming saturated as well. Cause everyone's trying to do like the either like a really harsh, just like screechy noise or like some type of computer, like tech noise, whatever. Um, I personally think that some of the old dubstep sounds and all that is going to come back at some point. Um, just cause I don't know, like, yeah, it's going to change, but it's going to return to its roots somehow, whether it be like new sounds with like the old flow or that type of thing. Um, there's just so many directions. And the thing is, is there's like people and artists like dictating like what's pop and what's not. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Um, you'll see like certain artists like blow up a certain song 
And then everyone's aiming for that sound because they saw it was like a banger or whatever. It's like people aren't putting themselves into their music and they're, I feel like it's just becoming all the same. Everything is just the same. Well, and to that point too, I think that that was also something that happened with, um, Oh my God, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but the G-Rex and Peekaboo song, is it Baba? Uh, Baba How the fuck do you pronounce that? I think that's a better name for the song. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, after that song, I mean, you still have uh, DJs bitching on Twitter about how they heard it like three times in one day at a festival still, because it's one of those impactful songs that I feel like everybody's kind of replicated or, you know, not replicated, but almost shaped their their new music after to try and chase that clout almost. Right. But yeah. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> like, I couldn't have said it any better myself. But yeah, dude. Um, Something exciting about you. You have a lot of unreleased music, and I know this for a fact. I what do. are you going to be doing with all that? I'm really curious to know if you're stepping <sighs> towards making an EP, putting out a bunch of singles. What is the next step for the project? Um, (laughs) (laughs) my plan is I would like to release something by like, like January, maybe like, or like the last three months of the year. That's like my goal. But, you know, um, I have to meet certain expectations and certain, uh, uh, goals for myself before I proceed, um, with everything. Cause once everything is once I release, like everything will follow after that. Like I'm not, it's kind of like I'm hoarding a bunch and then just like piecing it out a little bit at a time. So that way, like I have enough content for like a couple years, the three, four years, whatever. And then in those three and four years, I'll be making new music, learning new techniques, et cetera, et cetera, and do it all over again. Word. I mean, I'm excited to hear it all, man. I mean, you've shown from what you've showed me personally, I'm really stoked for people to hear what you've been uh, sitting on for so long and crafting and, and kind of just sitting there and perfecting as it is. But um, and now we have a very special guest. We have actually uh, the player one. I'm not doing this with him, bro. What? What is he? I don't know. What is he doing? Ladies and gentlemen, we have the Jake Niles, the Player One Project in the building as well, who is well, um. Sound all fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you. You made an entrance though, so I feel like yeah. I had to do something. Yeah, I mean, it's us three. We we hang out almost every other day, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it had to anyways. Um, and conveniently enough, you've recently, uh, uh, Sphinx recently ran into some new management. That happens to be you. Yeah, I I decided that, well, first of all, people should know that, why am I not doing the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so first of all, I am a like full-time gold exploration geologist, right? And, and so music is a hobby. It's my dream. And like, I see all my friends and the community <laughs> that we have working so hard towards something that everybody wants and that they haven't been provided yet and you know everybody has their homes and everybody's bouncing around but you know Columbia needs to get on the map and and that's what we're about and it's not just Columbia it's the the whole southeast in general like 
you know, you have Denver, the East Coast, California, like everything is popping off over there. And like, I who I think it was like, I don't know, somebody recently that I saw a post on Facebook that was like, South Carolina or not South, Southeastern producers, it's like your time to shine, like it's your time to step up. And like, recently, I think we've been seeing that. But, you know, so so going back to what I was saying is like, yeah, I, I have a full time, like job, and I'm trying to provide this for everybody else. And you know, that's, that's my dream. And, you know, me and you actually met at USC where I was training to be a geologist, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. <laughs> you were doing the radio there and I was DJ and that's how we connected. And like, you know, uh, you told me that you've wanted to, you know, do this. And I was like, well, let's do it. And, and that's how we got here. And, you know, you're the one that has the training doing this. So that's, that's where we are now. And then going back to the question of Sphinx management. So yeah, you know, in, in that, that, that whole dream that we have for, for the Southeast and just, you know, in general for smaller underground artists in, in states that might not be getting recognized or, or getting passed up by these big labels, you know, the player one project is just a proof to everybody that anybody can do whatever they want. Like you're your own player. Like you can make your own dreams come true. You can make other people's dreams come true with just a little effort. And the more people you have behind that effort, the more dreams you make come true. It's game over. It's game over. Game over. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, I mean, something cool about your own name and your project in general that you also implement to your shows and your sets and whatever else. Um, you, you have a lot of video game influence as well. Um, I, do. I don't even know if I've ever asked you, is there a specific reason why you started doing that? I mean, there, there's there's a lot of reasons, right? So I had another alias and then I got into scratching, hence, you know, player one, because I use one turntable, one record player, you know, that's one reason. And player one, because it ties in with the whole project and making other people's dreams and your dreams come true and, and that side of things. <clears throat> and uh, the third thing was just like, you know, sound design really did start at, video games and, and television, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you were presented a problem and said, here's a game that takes eight hours to beat. We need music for it, but you can't overload the CPU. You have 64 you know, bits to work with. And like to create something off just like one wave and like, just and like barely, yeah, like analog sound, no effects, like those guys are like the the creators of sound design that, and like i don't think those. i yeah like i don't think that enough people give them that credit and you know like the the thing that actually got me into it was i i bought a book that was like video game sound design thinking that there was going to be some you know music production tips and tricks in there and it absolutely was not about that at all it was like thinking outside the box about how to create something from nothing like, just don't give up on something like you have literally, you know, a kick drum can be a, a synth if you if you can think of how to do it, you know, it's just it's like coding, but in your head, and like you're programming that sound and like how to perceive that. So that's, I mean, that's the other big reason. So it just kind of ties in all three of those things that like, I fell in love with as I was coming to the scene and trying to expand. <clears throat> but going back to it. Yeah, me me and Sphinx are officially doing the thing and I'm going to start managing him. And, you know, he reached out to me and wanted to, to play the next water show that we have coming up on the 26th of yep. this month. So, 
I mean, why not? He's with Aftershock. It makes sense. You know, it's all the family putting something together to present, you know, the people with something that hasn't been done yet. And, you know, we have the sweet and low set, which is officially announced. So, you know, that's that's something that's like a live debut of not low and sky sweet doing solo sets. And then, you know, they're 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 sweet and low back to back. So that's what we're about, man. I mean, yeah, you know it. We know it. We, I mean, we talk about it every day. I mean, <laughs> no, I know. You. Like we've been um, ever since I met you, bro. Like so like the first time I met Jake was at my uh, buddy Bryce's house. Um, and to me, like I walked in and like he was just some. So he just looked like a trippy dude. I was, just like, I, was like, I was like, all right, this dude, like, there's something up with this dude. <laughs> um, so we like started chatting a bit more. I showed him one of my mixes, and then the very next day, I remember he texted me, and we went. What was it? Drip. Uh, yeah, we went to we went Drip went Coffee. Drip. Nice. And we're producing. <laughs> Yo, shout out Drip Coffee. Yeah, out Drip it coffee. is the best coffee in Colombia. But like we went there and like he he off rip like he just started talking about like doing a collective doing something and this was like what three four years ago, around around that dude I don't even think I was twenty yet. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were both, like I was in my junior year and I think you. Were, I was in my sophomore. He was in his sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year, sophomore year um, of college. And then ever since, like we just started chilling more gradually and gradually, and then we both found out that we both had interest in production. Um, started linking up and learning and like helping each other out and then uh, over time you know you just become really good friends and like that's just what it was and we both have like a similar vision um, yeah that's what we connect we, on the we most, have man. like every time I like Jake has any type of like decision or like whatever always remind him to keep the the original like mission like in your head so like right that same idea don't let anything change that like be consistent with everything but yeah i mean both of our ideologies and outlooks on things um match up pretty well so i feel like it just it just works yeah the, fir the first time i met jake um like he was saying i was doing radio and uh he came on my radio show with uh one of the other homies amethyst who goes by k warped and they both did uh, a set on on the air that granted uh our setup was jank as fuck but it worked and um, <laughs> that was the weirdest setup I've ever played in is a radio booth that like records everywhere yeah like, all right is it even recording like i think it is but like <laughs> it was super hot in there um and uh yeah that was a good time and then after that we went to we went to tio's in colombia uh which is a mexican place and got some food just started naming off djs that we know and like and and that's kind of how we hit it off we're like yep we gotta hang out again soon and that happened but yeah um another interesting about you two together is uh you guys are working on some music together is there uh anything that we could talk about with this or uh am i overstepping <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna... doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like we have, like it's it's an it's a gra endless graveyard of just like things <laughs> that have started, and like there's like ten seconds, twenty seconds worth of audio, and then we're just like fuck it, like next one, and then. But see, the thing is, is like each time I feel like it's me coming to Brian and being like. Yo, I, I learned how to do this, right? And I'm just kind of, it's kind of like I'm showing him and we make this like fire and then it's just like, 
all right, like let's learn something else. You know what I mean? And and I and I will admit this, I am terrible at mixing. I just don't have like the time for it. And that's like what I'm working on right now, what's taking so long. But like this man, he's just like, oh, you gotta do this. And it's just like, well, you just fixed the sound that I couldn't make work. And and I think it's so funny because like I try not to put my music in a category because like you're combining so many things and like electronic music has its own style but like finding your own is is the mm, thing very, very yeah it's like very it's hard. the thing that that puts you beyond that boundary i feel like and so on top of that if you put yourself in a genre it's like that's it you're in that genre like you're you're expected yeah. to release like that but i feel People, like with us it's like how do you make dubstep and halftime experimental with scratch glitch hop happen at the same time <laughs> it, it, it you see it like it's just right two yeah times, two different btms but somehow like even in that 20 seconds we make it work you know what i mean yeah and it's just like i think also right now that we are we're finding our own sounds and we're perfecting that to eventually build off you know what we would be i guess you could say comfortable to release but it hasn't even really been i mean i've played out like one thing to like maybe 30 people but like that was just to see how did they like it though? yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah i'd so, say it's ready then uh, no. <laughs> I'm no, when you think a song's done there's about okay that's like the, the first 95 percent of the song is actually just the first 10 percent like <laughs> you finish it and then you get there and you're like should i release it and then it's just like Unless you finish keeps, that extra 90% while you're doing the 95%. Which is what I'm really bad at. Does that make sense? <laughs> right, yeah. No, I got you. Um, to all producers out there, it's really just about repetition. Repeat, make something, make a beat every day, doesn't matter. Make something and like you'll learn from your mistakes and yep. you'll just be better and better. Like everything you make will be better than the, the one before. And I have to say, don't be afraid to learn. Don't like go on you. Like, don't, don't think you have to do it all original in the beginning, go on YouTube and figure out how to make a snare. You know what I mean? Like, like that's how you start finding your original sound or like go, you know, learn a new bass design, but don't incorporate that around a whole song. Like, how do you, how do you make a thousand bases out of that? Like that keep asking questions, like keep learning and keep wanting to learn. Like if you have the passion to learn and you, you'll get the will to want to keep doing this. Right. And right. It's, a, it's a tough thing. I mean, music production will tear you down and spit you back out. Spit you back out. <laughs> and crawl and, back and in. And and like, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, like, it'll send you to, like, very deep parts of your mind. And you have to, like, power through that and just know that, like, you know, like, it, there's no pressure. Like, who's pressuring you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, unless you're, like, signed and, like, have, like, a schedule or something. But other than that, like, who's pressuring you like yeah. you're releasing yourself to the world nobody's pressuring you to do so and know? that's that's like the big thing is like let it let it take time you know what i mean like don't feel pressured about it because it's up to you but like the, but at the same time don't 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 try don't, don't slack yeah <laughs> pretty much there should be a point to where like if i hear someone's track i should be able to know it's them off of like something certain you know what I'm saying? Whether yeah, right. A certain type of sound or a certain type of vibe or like instruments they use, um, arrangement, all that type. Even just your arrangement can just like trademark or like not trademark, or give you your own type of style. You know, um, there's many ways to do it. It's just like really just 
experiment, have fun with it. Half the fucking songs I've made were complete accidents uh, just because I moved something to the left a little bit too much and I like the way it sounded and just don't be afraid to cross the boundaries and have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things you guys mentioned too, that I think is great advice for producers. I mean, I'm not even a producer and I think I agree with this so heavily um, is what Jake was saying in terms of not walling yourself off in a certain genre. Cause we have so many artists that sit there and they, you know, early on decide what genre they're going to stick with. And then once they want to experiment, you know, any sort of audience base they've built up doesn't receive it well. And then they sort of like fall off from that, whether it be their own spirit making music because then that upsets them or just in terms of, you know, people just stop listening to them because they're so used to the music that they are used to them putting out. It's like the getter situation. when he Exactly. Up. Like the getter that situation. Rough, man. I that was that messed was, up. That was very that was, rough. That was really <sighs> fucked up. Well, he's like, back to touring now and he just put out an EP. So I'm hoping that he's healed from that, but that was an awful situation. Yeah. I mean, people like, the thing is, like, I know that album to him or uh, EP, whatever you want to call it. It was like, that was him and like his feelings, his emotions, his like, his heart into it. And for people and people for, for them to just like shit on it is literally just like ripping his heart out and just stomping on it, saying that like your feelings suck, essentially, or like your emotions suck. They didn't even just shit on it. They booed him off stage and made him cancel his tour. That's a whole nother level. Yeah, that's that's like, I mean, I don't want to go like too far into it because like it's been, it's like a thing of the past one, but like for the EDM community, especially like to just not accept the art that someone created. Like personally, I feel like we're just in another renaissance right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a new age of art forms. NFTs are being released, electronic music. It's like the exploration of art, again, is coming up in a different way. True. And, and like, for, for Getter to release that expression and just be shut down so fast by people because they're like, well, I paid to see this. But it's like, no, you paid to see him. And this is what he wanted to present to you. And you might not have liked it. Okay, that's part of an artist thing but to boo an artist off stage like you had you had the option to just watch it you know what i mean like or you could have just left yeah or you could have left that's what i'm saying like if you don't like it like you didn't even give it a chance like i don't know it's messed up Uh, yeah and and then uh so kind of like piggyback off like one of the points you made earlier with um like the whole renaissance thing like over quarantine especially um, a lot of people have gotten into the genre. Um, there's been a lot of new producers and whatever. Um, so you like right now, like you're, this is not a bad thing. Cause like, you're just expanding to com- community, but, um, I feel like people come into the scene with like the wrong idea or like the, a wrong person, like the wrong perception of it. I mean, shit, we've all been through it, you know? Um, but I just think it's like the, it's becoming toxic is what I'm trying to say. The The community in itself is becoming toxic. Like there's clicks and all this stuff and certain people don't like other people and just whatever. Um, but like when you're like, when I went to my first festival, it was like, everyone was clicked up, but everyone was open. Like yeah. everything was open. Like I could walk up to this group of people and everyone would welcome me, welcome me and be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, whatever. Like now, like you walk into like a show you go by a couple of people and they'll look at you weird. <laughs> and that's not what like the EDM scene is about. Like, that's not what I grew up in. That's not like how it was taught to me. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's not 
the only extent of it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the majority. It's just, but like, there are those bad fruits, and those bad fruits make more bad fruits. True. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, doubling back to one thing that we were talking about earlier in terms of like, you know, I guess just Southeast artists and the the genres in, in the Southeast. Did y'all see that um, Slander just announced a festival in Charleston? Yes. Which I was very surprised to see. And I'm I wanted very, to know your thoughts. Surprised. I'll let Brian speak on it first. Dude. Because um... <laughs> we, we both know how we feel about it. And it's not a bad thing. It's a business thing. You know what I mean? And it's not like, it's not even like a bad business thing. It's just like, but it, it was left field. It's, I'll say that. I will say it is bad for business, but in the long run, it's, really it's amazing for business. It's really good for South Carolina that, that put South Carolina on the fucking map. Absolutely. Like, that's like, that. this is this is the move that <laughs> like we needed. We're just upset because we didn't do it first. Yeah. That's also, <laughs> true. They true. also have like an entire like, yeah, they have alien like, ship type beat something i don't fucking know huh under like unless that was just like the cover i may be just like stupid but it looked like a i don't know like a dome oh are you talking about the uh the eye their stage no not the stage like all what i saw it was like trees and then it was like a dome oh you're talking about the graphic for the festival okay yeah yeah. that's what the like what it's going to be because if it is that's going to be some wild shit well if it's on the lands that I think it's on. <clears throat> We've had opportunities to do it. It's just they have the cloud, the resources. Oh, no, it's yeah, it's not even the cloud, it's the resources. Like when you're on that level, it takes a long time. Like it is a lot of work. And like eventually finding a festival is about getting the right piece of land. And the thing is, is if one festival is thrown somewhere successfully there's opportunities for others to come and follow the path of that, that one, you know what I mean? And it's not, not even in like a copying sense. It's just like an acceptance in the Southeast, which is bigger for us than anything else. You know what I mean? Like we just want the community to grow. Like that's what it is. So like, we are very, very excited for a festival in Charleston. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm ecstatic for it, honestly. Like, yeah. it would be insane. Personally, like, I'm interested to see what kind of lineup it is. You know what I mean? Because, I'm the same like, way. Are they going to try to, are they going to try to fill it in with enough variation to attract people from all over? Or is it going to be something like a slander tipper and friends that's smaller and like a more of a curated event? Because it's interesting that they say that it's like they they're using slander to promote it. And if it's his festival and I think they said it is, right? It is. It is his yeah. Festival, and they like, they said that they're going to be performing multiple times throughout it. Right. So to me, that sounds like it's more of a curated event on a large scale. Like Excision Lost Lands. Yeah. Show. Like, Excision yeah, Lost right. Lands, exactly. Like uh, Charles the first did his show in Wyoming recently, Tipper and friends, like all those sorts of things. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. I, 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 I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of slander, but I'm interested to go see what the overall, I, I guess just festival it's going to be like, I, like you said, I want to know if there's variation. I want to know what's on the lineup. Uh, so I think like pretty much like once this festival is like done and over with, 
uh, I think that like local surrounding areas will recognize how much um, revenue is bringing into the city, to the state, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'll be more open to, because some venues just don't want to do EDM shows. Like that's just how it is. Um, but I feel like once they see that, like the kind of money side of them will be like, okay, like I can actually make some good money off of this show. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. I think it's just going to open up a tremendous amount of opportunities for all underground artists in, in the uh, southeastern region. Yeah. I really, I really hope that it ends up being like that because it has the potential to be really eye-opening for South Carolina at the very least. You're such a degenerate. I am. Did you just see what he did? Yeah. No. What'd you do? Oh. <laughs> he's, he's being walrus boy over here. Walrus. He manages me. <laughs> for good reasons <laughs> oh man well what's what's uh what's been new with you guys aside from music and everything else like what have you guys been up to recently aside from you know obvious the obvious like working and whatever else <laughs> i literally do you want to know my schedule <laughs> sure go for it the time the time i have it's like i wake up at six i lead a drill rig and drill 10 holes a day at least 80 feet below ground, get dirty, come back. And then I have meetings for Soda Synergy, the podcast, my own projects, managing Brian until about like 11. And then I give myself an hour, but usually I fall asleep before that. Right. But on the weekends, I'm mainly doing shows. So it's like a nonstop party when the party don't stop. It's a Jake party. You get what I mean? Yeah. He just yeah. straight off facts. <laughs> <laughs> See, actuals. but i love it like if i'm not if i'm not moving i'm going insane so <laughs> <laughs> true see what i want to know is why we didn't have some of those boulders from that dig site at the earth show <laughs> okay so i actually calculated the cost of getting a boulder from the mine site there and let me tell you you haul ain't gonna cut it <laughs> dude i like measured the volume and i was like how do we lift ten thousand pounds to a show and then put it in this gravel road and then get it out the next day and i was like you know that that might be going a little too far <laughs> yeah right oh my god that's hilarious yeah, you can't exactly put that in the back of somebody's, you know, escape or something. Carolina squatting at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> Jody's Prius? Yeah, I think a Prius could do it. I think so. A Prius? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll just strap, just strap that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will go wrong when you hit the brakes. No, not at all. I mean, shit, I mean, other than like his schedule, like, I just kind of like float around I work say, you vibe around I, I vibe around pretty much i make music uh like i try to make music as much as i can throughout the day so i don't feel unproductive or like if i'm not doing that on the weekends there's like a show and the people my people are in town then uh, i'll just go out and connect with people but really every day i just work on music and go to sleep and repeat the next day yeah, yeah. it's it's a grind I mean, that's why we're friends is because like, <laughs> it's funny because we're such good friends, but we like the the connection of actually hanging out and it's mainly me. Uh, I will be, I will be truthful, but like <laughs> when we link, it's like, oh man, I haven't seen you in six months, but it's also like I talk to you every day at like, or at least twice a day. You know what I mean? Right. I, I will say Jake, um, out of all my like friends and artists that I know that Jake, for some reason, puts this drive in me to do so much, like, more than what I'm doing. And it's just, like, 
it's it's infectious it's very infectious and makes me want to like push myself harder because like i know i can and he he always has the attitude if you can push yourself harder fucking do it right you know um so i don't know yeah that's pretty cute hey y'all 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 will never hear some shit like that come out of my mouth again. <laughs> well good thing it's recorded <laughs> so y'all could y'all could listen to that as much as you want but yeah i mean i, I appreciate the shit out of it and uh honestly well, without him i wouldn't be where i am today in terms of my it's the year of the sphinx year of the sphinx yeah i feel like you see that a lot in the scene in general like people that are like-minded and that have the same passions tend to kind of rub off on one another and that's really cool I mean, I don't, I don't have that per se, just because I don't produce, but like, you know, even, even organizing, going to a show, like, you know, when you, you and your friends are trying to plan to go to a festival, you have that sort of surge of energy that everybody's trying to do something to get ready or like make sure that everything's all there so that the experience is, you know, nothing takes away from it, like being unprepared or whatever else. So. Right. 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 But dude, you are, you're, you're doing the podcast right now. We're live. Yeah, but ah, <laughs> you're dude. showing your skills. And then you took photos at the show. You flew a drone. Bro, you, I don't know if I can you, say that legally, but you flew a drone. I mean, <laughs> you got drone right. licenses now. I, don't every, know I got one. It's just expired. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> when, did you get a, when did you get a drone? <laughs> uh, should be awesome, I, dude. I don't know, man. Everyone <laughs> stop. Respect, <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> respectfully. Every, everyone pulls their way. Everyone does what they need to do and if you didn't then you know you wouldn't be here synergy synergy yeah i was gonna say with the synergy thing i've been wanting to do more and more so even more to validate the point that y'all were making just a few minutes ago so yeah man uh for those of you listening you also heard us mention the water event earlier which is going to take place on june 26th in columbia uh is an aftershock takeover the lineup we got is not low gravit tracks back-to-back bitski sky suite Sphinx himself and Bima. There's also a secret back to back, which was just announced today. Sweet and Low, which is not low, uh, back to back Sky Suite. And we also have the family back to back after that, which we uh, are not going to be leaking any details about. So you'll just have to be there to see it. Tickets right now are available at bit.ly slash soda synergy water. We got a full, you know, full stage production, festival grade lasers beautiful sound design um and we have a full lineup of both flow artists and live painters you're just gonna have to come out to see it i mean anybody that has been to the uh, earth of- too. vendors yeah vendors as well um and uh installations anybody anybody that went to the earth event could also tell you that we uh we also have um unique art installations for every event as well as they are themed around the elements so uh it's a whole thing and uh we really hope you can make it yeah uh if you came to the earth event uh, I promise you, uh, <laughs> you will, <laughs> you, this is a, just a little better. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a venue change too. Um, so it's going to be at a different spot, different, different vibe, but you know, good vibes all around regardless. We also have, uh, the Kremlin collective Kremlin calling 3.0, uh, happening in Atlanta on August 11th at aisle five lineup is Malbus sushi main player. One's going to also be playing as well as Tanuki and still feels tickets are 18 bucks. Um, get your ass out there, go support the local homies. And, uh, I mean, they throw amazing shows as well. They're also part of the soda, soda synergy fam. So, um, you know, got great people working on this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. That's the community, man. It's a big community. We're all just like-minded individuals, man. We all got one goal in mind and that goal is the same. And like I said earlier, 
you got you get enough people to believe in it it's unstoppable yeah and you guys got to plug your shit too well i'm playing aisle five no i'm talking about your where, where can people find your music oh um <laughs> the player one project on instagram there's the player one podcast which i think is p1 podcasts what is it underscore yeah on instagram and, and then you have player one picks if you like clothing um i have player one promotions <laughs> there's a lot he's, he's, and productions I, I try to do it in, uh, yeah and then you know we just launched our, our, our business uh player one productions and that's that's a that's a whole thing in itself we have a stage that we're going to start renting out which is i don't know maybe you should go look at videos for the earth event <laughs> and uh let's see um facebook the player one project um and then my music is just on soundcloud i have the first song that i ever made just for shits and giggles up on there which is terrible and it's as a reminder to me and everybody else where you come from and then i have a couple mixes that are old and trash but besides that there's a lot of i I have a treasure trove of things coming hopefully an ep or two in the works so oh got it yeah, that's what I, mean. <laughs> I know it's a lot, but uh well uh, you can follow me on Instagram at sphinx.exe um S F Y N X for those uh, that got confused. Um currently I don't have anything released, um, and that's due to the plan. I do have some mixes that I recorded that I might release like just to kind of like put something out there, but um yeah, if you wanna hear something, uh DM me personally. And uh, yeah, you can hear some. I forgot to say that there's also something new at the player, the player one project coming soon because most people don't realize that they've only seen player one sets. They haven't actually seen the player one project yet. Ooh. So there's things to come with that. Fucking keep it locked, everybody. Um, the only things that we didn't mention too, um, and if you listen to the podcast before, you already know what I'm going to say. <clears throat> Uh, definitely check out Soda Synergy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, the podcast is uh, P1 Podcast underscore on Instagram as well. So you can stay up to date with the next episodes coming out and the next guests and or, you know, promo with the clips that come out as well. And uh, yeah, you guys got any uh, any ending thoughts, notes? Keep it locked. Keep it real. Never give up on yourself. Follow your dreams and be true. Don't lie either. It's that up. sounded rehearsed. No, that was just. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I guess honestly, just be a genuine person. That's really all you can ask for anybody. And if you're genuine, <laughs> friendship, connection. Uh, if you're genuine and you're and you do music, people will see your um legitimacy through through that, and it, you'll just fucking everything will start coming to you. Just be a, gen- a genuine person. Be cool. Everyone's cool. We all good. You feel me? So about the journey, not the destination, baby. You know what I'm saying? Word. <laughs> no, I'm saying. Oh, also, any upcoming artists never turn down any opportunity to, to play, no matter where it's at. Even if you have to play for free, fucking do it. And reach out to us. We have plenty of opportunities. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, uh, so, I mean, hey, thanks for listening. And uh, we hope to see you on June 26th in Columbia for the water event. Y'all don't want to miss this shit. I promise you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't sleep. Don't sleep.